Hey everybody, I'm back for episode 3 And uh, yeah, um, the first half I really just want to explain uh, Some of the things I left out um, in the first, or second episode But the last episode um, Some of the things I wanted to go into uh, As far as my skin um, Like to this day My skin is super sensitive um, like you said, like if I get out of a shower, my skin can be really red. Um, sunburn can really just really wreck me sometimes. Um, yeah, I mean, I have all kind of allergies and stuff with that. Um, I've had like many feeding tubes after, um, because I wouldn't eat. Um, that was really rough, especially the last one. I mean, it's also weird and surreal to feel like liquid pumping into your stomach but it's still you know i needed it because i wouldn't eat i I remember being on the floor with my mom at one point and i wouldn't eat anything and i'm trying to figure what she bargained me with it was something that i wanted a toy or whatever it was so i ate some mac and cheese with, with broccoli in it one of those like uh crafts but like had a character ninja turtles or something i don't remember what it was and i, I finally ate some um well i don't you know i don't think she bargained me with a toy i think she tried to scare me like she would be taking me back to the hospital and i remember very vividly and i've, I've jokingly said this to a lot of people that the first feeding tube coming out of me is the closest thing I'll ever feel to having a baby because it took about three nurses and my mom to hold me down. Now, I was like six. But that feeling of... It it felt like your intestines were unrolling out of you. It was a very long tube and they pulled it out with no medication um, I still have the scar to this day on the, my side, uh, pretty deep scar too. And it just, it just, it just pulled it. It was like one, two, three, boom. But it, it felt like the longest, whatever, two seconds of my life or whatever. It might even be longer. It sucked so bad. And I had a lot of trauma dealing with uh how i you know dealing with life because beforehand i was really big into cars and i used to know every car by its like emblem or the body shape or whatever and i couldn't see them anymore um my my eyes at the time were more sensitive than they've ever been obviously and a lot of times I would wear my hat. Um, I'd wear one of those. Well, the kids call them now snapbacks, but they they were a little more. See, I don't know how to explain this to everybody. They have the snap in the back, but the brim folds. The brim, the brim bends, and I would sit the brim part all the way down over my left eye because it was more sensitive but it would block my right eye and I would constantly walk into things all the time um I remember being like just super sad about it um because people would tease me and I really was so petrified of anything 
I think I was a pretty brave little boy, but when I when when I made it out of the hospital intact, it was so surreal because you know, I mentioned in the last episode when I took the eye patch off and I could finally see and I had all these like preconceived thoughts in my head like, "Oh, this is how life I forgot what life looked like." Even though it really wasn't that long that I had the patch on, maybe a week or whatever. And I'm looking around and I just see things again. Just colors and, and shapes and I could see my toys and the floor pattern and because we had carpet at the time. And you know, the banister and the steps and everything. And <clears throat> it was so nice to see things again, but now I'm just afraid of everything because even though I could see things, I could never see the way I used to. And everything was a lot blurrier and I had to put things closer to my face. Um, and of course, I was still in a lot of pain with my body, my eyes, everything. It was a long, long recovery. Um, you know, I spent four and a half months in the hospital, but it was very... There was so much more afterwards, so many surgeries to repair everything. Um, like when they took my gallbladder out, I don't remember if that was during the hospital or after. I, I think it was during, but I had a lot, I had many eye surgeries. I was constantly going in and out of the hospital. Um, I can say the hospital, Will's Eye. I mean, they treated me really good. They, you know, saved my life, especially saved my eyes. Um, Dr. Raber, I owe him everything. Um, I wasn't going to say names, but he's, you know, he saved my eyes. I could never repay what he did for me, even though my eyes still are terrible. But he, he fought everything just to keep what I have and what I've had for the last 20 some years, or excuse me, Jesus. Well, it's 27 after, so. And, you know, we... We did sue the the hospital previously, the one where they gave me all the medications and all that. And I will not mention their name just so I don't get sued. Um, but yeah, they we did sue them. And there's a very funny, kind of weird moment uh, when they put me on the stand. And, you know, I'm so young. I really don't know how old I was. I just remember having, uh, I was really big into wrestling at the time. And I had an Undertaker and Shawn Michaels action figure. I remember exactly what they looked like. Jager had the purple gloves and the black hat that came with them. Shawn Michaels had the red trunks. And I took them to the court case and I left them with my mom. And I went up on the stand and they, they had some like markers and stuff for me just to kind of play with and draw or whatever. And they asked me, you know, you know, so help you God, you know, you're going to tell the truth and all that crap. And I, I said, yeah, whatever I said, all nasally and whatever shitty um and it got to the point where they asked me a question of what i wanted to be when i grow up now i should give you a quick little backstory of i was really big into tigers it's my favorite animal still is and um yeah i loved tigers so much that I had so many of them. I had this really big white one. And if anybody's been on my Facebook, you might have seen the big orange one I have. It's the same exact one, but white. I drug it through strawberry patches and all kind of crap. He, yeah, he took a beating. Um, but I used to pretend like I was in the pack with the tigers. Even though, I, yes, I know tigers are not in packs. 
but I used to take them everywhere. My grandma used to get so mad at me because I'd bring so many stuffed animals and so many toys. And I'd bring my wrestling toys. I'd bring the ring and steel chairs and the tables and all the figures and everything. And that's not even including the figures that I would get down here. But I would also bring a crap load of stuffed animals. No, I showed the Rudolph, but there was so much more. Um, I think the Rudolph was more like a good luck charm. He was there for, you know, through all that. And, um, but yeah, when they put me up there, like I said, I used to just pretend like I was so sad and scared of everything. I still remember a lot of my feelings. Um, can't explain them all, but I just remember like things I seen and what, what I imagined things were like, because a lot of times I couldn't see them and that was scary to me. Um, because my life is completely different now. You know, five months ago, my life was something else. I was happy and playing with toys, and all of a sudden I had an ear infection. Boom, skin is off, and eyes are gone, for the most part. And, uh, yeah. And, um, so when they asked me, what did you want to be? What do you want to be when you grow up? And my exact response is, a tiger. And, uh, yes, it's very cute, but it was super awkward because I remember I could see enough and everybody, and I mean everybody, from my mom, obviously, to the jury, the defense team, the, you know, the opposition, the the, the judge, the jury, everybody is laughing. (laughs) And it's super awkward because I don't know if I did something wrong. I wasn't trying to be funny. (laughs) But I remember just kind of thinking I messed up. But that's how I really felt at the time. Um, for those out there who are wondering, no, I still don't want to be a tiger, but I would love to own one. Trust me, I would. Love tigers. I think they're beautiful animals, and I'm just an animal person. And um, so, yeah, we sued... We lost. I remember my mom being super emotional. It was not. It was not good. Mm. Um, tried to sue a hospital with a, even whatever the a decent lawyer trying to sue a whole, uh, army of lawyers, even though they probably paid more for the lawyers than they would have ended up having to pay me. I'm sure my mom would have settled for anything. Just some kind of compensation to just go like, hey, sorry, we messed up. Um, no acknowledgement of it whatsoever. And I will go more into my schooling. There's a lot of dark stuff and crap that happened to me then. I really just want to keep an overview of... Within range of what happened in the hospital and then after. Uh, another thing was... So my mom met my sister's dad and we end up moving to Philly. And... We got an apartment and all that, but then we when we got when when I was having that uh, I told the story about the eye patch that we, that was when we moved into a house, and I didn't really see the house much. I don't know if I've seen it at all. I think I might have seen it a couple times, but that's what it was. We got we got rid of the carpet, and but when I had seen it before, we didn't have car or we did have carpet, so now it's hardwood floor. So when I took the patches off, it was surreal or the one patch I should say because my left eye I couldn't I can't see much of it anyway and um so my mom started to work at places trying to make some money um 
and you know her boyfriend at the time he was working but you know you want to she wanted to work as well and so she had to send me to places some daycare places or not I shouldn't say daycare because I was a little too old for daycare I guess but people to you pay somebody to babysit you and she was sending me to people's houses and I remember some I'm some people turned it down because they were so petrified and just you know they felt so bad for me um because what would happen is I would go to the house and I would get on my knees and I would bury my head in the bottom of the cushion of the of their couch and I would just sit there for hours and I would freeze like if they had a cool air on I would and I was so scared and I would just shake and I remember being at one person's house and I remember just being like in a dark basement. I couldn't really, my eyes were bothering me. I couldn't really tell exactly what was going on in the room. And I remember them coming over going, hey, you okay? And they were they were really, really nice. And they put a blanket over me. And um, that was the last day I was there. Um, and I had a very similar situation at another house where I did go to a few times. And their kids had a lot of cool toys and video games, I remember. And I was just so happy to be playing with things. And I finally kind of came out of my... Um, my little comfort zone a little bit but I was so like I said I was scared of my own shadow like everything was just different and I remember just being super sad but I didn't know what to feel so like when I I was talking to somebody earlier or a couple days ago about where my depression stemmed from and when was the first time that I realized it well, maybe that was when it was, even though I didn't know what it was. Um, yeah, it's it's super sad. I know a lot of people have been reaching out. I'm, like, thankful that 120 people listen to this. And, you know, of course, I hope it gets bigger and, and so on. But the fact that people are even giving this a shot and really giving me good feedback, I, I you know, it means a lot to me. Um, and, I, you know, I've, I've always put myself in a corner like no one cares about me. No one gives a shit. Uh, so, like, why would I even do something like this? And I still have my doubts. But I also know a lot of people do love me and care, and I'm, I'm like, forever grateful and loyal to all of you and the new people that don't know me. Um, I'm just happy that someone cares. Um, but there's two things I'd like to announce or get off my chest before I go to the, the end part of this podcast where it's going to be more in depth um should be interviewing my mother that that would be nice um she's gonna come on and she's gonna tell her side of it um as far as the things i want to address the first thing is i want to say um rest in peace to my uncle Dell. i never really said how i felt about him and he's a really good guy and his wife is still grieving and I didn't have the closest relationship with him. And I'm sure some on his part, some on my part. It, we're both kind of awkward. And But he's a good guy. And, you know, sucks that he died. And I didn't reach out to some people. And I'm super sorry about that. And I know a few people will listen, uh, especially my cousin Penny. Um, he was a really good guy. And, and I feel really bad that he suffered for as long as he did. But we all got a lot of good time with him. And... The, uh, I got to see him the year previously, and I knew he wasn't in great shape, but he was 
very thankful that me and grandma showed up to say hello. Um, and the other one is, which a lot of people will know, is my cat Diva just died. Um, I, I explain her as I care more about her than I care about myself. I know maybe that's a low expectation or maybe that's just a terrible way of feeling, but that's just how I felt. I found her dead on my floor. I picked her head up, her head dropped back. She was dealing with health issues anyway, but I don't know what officially killed her. I know she was suffering and I'm happy it's over. And of course I want to say thank you to Mike and Sue Ellen for letting me bury her next to their cat, Ebony. It meant everything, and I know I'm very rough around the edges sometimes, and maybe I didn't show his, my gratitude as much as I should because I was kind of grieving and trying to figure out how to feel, and I still don't know how to feel. But there is some good news. To Literally 20 minutes ago, I got a new cat. Well, funny part is I don't know where he's at. He's somewhere around here. I didn't name him. I got him from a family that just wanted him to go to a, another family because they had a dog that kind of picked on him. He didn't like it. And they were really nice. They brought him over. His name is Bullet. Um, I wasn't a super big fan of the name, but he is super fast. So Bullet might be actually accurate. Um, but we're we're going to... I got a picture with him I'm going to put up. Um, by the time you hear this, it, it'll be up. Uh... He's really cute, very fluffy, little pudgy guy. Um, we're going to try to bond. It's going to be hard because I will never forget Diva. Yes, I'm replacing her in a way, but that don't mean shit. I love Diva with everything in me. You know, there's not many things in this world I'll love more than Diva. Um, and everybody, and a lot of people know I'm a big animal person, and I've wanted to get another animal with her but she wasn't a fan so I kept my loyalty and I just let her live her life and my favorite thing about her is that she slept next to me every night and then everything it got me through a lot of sad and angry times um and I'm sure you can probably hear my voice I am depressed about it um yeah I I feel terrible but I'm happy that she I'm happy that I had the time I had with her. That 15 years with her, every day was amazing. Um, we had a weird relationship. We bickered at each other all the time. Um, I got on her nerves sometimes. She got on my nerves sometimes. But I know she loved me and I loved her. So I just want to get some of this stuff off my chest. I gave an update to the from the last episode. If other people have questions, I'll add them to other episodes, I promise. And um, I know it's kind of all over the place to a certain degree, and I'm sorry. That's just how my mind works, and I know I could probably write stuff down. I could do this and do that, but, you know, if I'm going to make it my podcast or if I'm going to make it from my point of view, I got to leave it the way it is. I'm not going to just try to be all fancy and go out of order and just make it this amazing thing. Maybe if it gets bigger, maybe I'll be forced to. Uh, if money comes in, they're like, hey, you need to do this, then, then okay. But as of right now, I'm going to leave it the way it is. But I do a, one other thing I want to address before I get to the second part of this podcast. This podcast is not just for me. So I want people to realize that this podcast is for 
anybody who's going through anything. Um, I know it's going to be highly focused on mental health and, and people with disabilities and, and addiction or, and things like that. But it's anything. It could be, you know, somebody's got a story, some kind of racial thing or judge for their sexual sexual orientation, whatever. Because just because I don't understand it doesn't mean I'll judge it. And that's what we got to shed a light on. No, I am not all about you know, defunding the cops and all that. But there's way more layers to things than people want to admit. And that goes for everything, not just what's going on in this climate with this stupid coronavirus, with, you know, with my life, with anything I talk about. But I'm I'm willing to learn as well. From what I lack and don't know, I will try to learn more. Because nothing that I feel is set set in stone. So, anyway, um, again, guys, thank you for listening. Um, I'm going to get to the interview with my mom after the ad. And we'll be getting to that right about now. Hey, guys, we're back with your favorite part. Back with your favorite part. It's the ad... Um, my ad is Anchor, and I'm just happy with this because of how easy it is. Um, as I've said in many episodes, um, my depression beats me up, and if this wasn't so easy to do, I would have given up on it pretty quickly. And now I'm very, very committed. Um, you can download the app at any app store on any device um you can get it on you can also check it out on their website which is anchor.fm and like i said the tools are very simple just hit record once you make an account and once you got your audio you can put in little drops put in music you can trim things down it's on all platforms like apple and spotify um yeah guys check it out hope you enjoy and uh Back to the episode. Okay, everybody, I lied. Mom won't be in the second half. Um, yes, I do them separately, so you'll know. But I'm going to try to push that back to next week. Maybe the first half. Um, so I'm going to go in a different direction. I'm going to go with the beginning of school. And there's some really sad and dark stuff in this. So just warning everybody. Um, and it does translate to a lot of what's going on in the beginning of this podcast where I talk about, um, kind of the aftermath of being sick or, you know, dealing with my new broken, uh, broken eyes. Uh, going to school was a whole new experience. I started off in preschool and this school that I was in was Preschool all the way to 12th grade because they were like merged together and eventually some of the school just broke off and then they were just a high school. But they were a huge school. They had this big tundra and everything. Uh, it was kind of crazy. Um, and I remember there was a, a guy going around touching kids. Um, and Apparently he was dressed, and I remember this very vividly. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure they caught him. But he was going around, 
um, you know, molesting children. But he was dressed up as a clown. Now, I don't know why he would do that. It seems like it kind of puts a target on your back. But he was doing that. I remember being, I don't know, maybe eight, seven. And I remember being in the stall. I was at the first stall. And I remember looking underneath the stall and I saw big red shoes. Now, some of this may sound really funny, and I I get it. I have a dark sense of humor, so I get it. And I remember just being still, panicking. Maybe it's the first time I ever had anxiety. Hmm. Um, But I, I saw those shoes, and I freaked the hell out. As soon, like, I pulled my pants up, and I darted out of that bathroom. But I remember that kind of affecting me. And it sucked. But I kind of got over it. But I remember being like, I was already scared of everything anyway. Now, this next story that I'm about to tell, I've told like three people. I'm not hiding from it. It's just not something that comes up in, in context or any kind of conversation. And... I remember sitting on the steps at the house in Philly and it just kind of crossed my mind like, oh yeah, I was kind of molested in school, but I didn't, it didn't process until then. And maybe I just blocked it out. I don't know what it was, but I remember my teacher being, or my teacher was saying, hey, TJ, you need to go down to the nurse's uh, office. And I said, okay. I I went and there was the nurse and she had an assistant. So there's two women. The assistant just stayed in the corner and watched while this woman completely undressed me and just touched me everywhere. Um I don't remember how long it went on for but I remember being super scared but then also feeling like I shouldn't talk about it to anyone and I it just kind of crossed my mind I remember she was also the woman that kind of diagnosed me with ringworm but I didn't have it because I went to a real doctor and he said I didn't have it but this was a woman who just seen me naked many times and she's like looking my mom in the face and telling my teachers and all this shit like she knows what's wrong with me mind you she's just touching me um i wouldn't say i don't think it went as far as i can remember it didn't go crazy far i mean i was completely naked and she's touching me but you know, rubbing me all over or whatever, but I don't, there was no, like, full-on sexual contact, um, and it hasn't, like, the older I get, the more I, I think about it, it hasn't messed me up sexually or made it harder for me to connect with women or anybody, I mean, I'm social awkward, and sometimes it's hard for me to open up to people, but that has nothing to do with that, um, but I think it did mess me up as a kid, because I do remember, Early on, like in the kindergarten, first grade area, I was so afraid of everything 
that I would just go to the bathroom myself all the time. And I remember some of my teachers would just like belittle me for doing that because I never wanted to raise my hand. I was afraid to even speak up and I would just pee on myself or I would shit on myself. And I would, you know, until someone took a notice, I just walked around like that because I was so scared and I was always afraid of someone hurting me or taking advantage of me or whatever. And again, I don't think it all goes back to you know, the incident in the nursing, the nurse office, it went with a lot of things. I was afraid way before that. But I do remember, you know, one time just, you know, shitting on myself and walking around. I could feel it in my underwear. And it's like, I did not, I didn't want to tell anyone. And eventually, people kept smelling me and eventually got pointed out. And, of course, I got made fun of multiple times. And, you know, I was already being teased. And that happened. And, you know, I peed on myself before multiple times in school. And, like, it just killed me. Um, And all I ever had, like... You know, like I always feel bad for a lot of the kids who get bullied now because they can't escape it because it's social media. So at least I can go home. But when I went home, it was like my toys and music and my stuffed animals were my distraction. And it's it's so rough being a kid and not having all the information that you do when you're an adult because you don't understand anything. You have these feelings and these thoughts, but you don't know what they are. You don't know the meaning behind any of them. So sure, I had depression and anxiety then, but I didn't know what any of that crap was until I learned the definitions of them when I was, you know, whatever, high school or whatever. And, you know, I'll probably go into more detail in another episode when it comes to the schooling, but... You know, like I said, I was teased so many times. I've had people throw chairs at me. Um, you know, like I'm very rough around the edges sometimes, and it's hard for people to get to know me. And it it really does suck because it it really makes my relationships, and I'm not not just with women or anybody, my family, my friends. Sometimes, like there's people who can see through the bullshit. And those are the people that I love to death. But it's not everyday people get the right idea of me. Because I've been through so much shit. And it's like, I remember being a kid. And we had this these neighbors. And they had a little boy who was younger than I was. And I would just sit and play their row homes. And... You know, there's like the step area and there's the banister. And then there's like a little grassy hill area. Anybody who lives in Philly, they would know what I'm talking about. And this kid would just throw chairs at me like all the time. He would just spit on me and just do all these things. And his parents would just sit and watch. And, you know, of course, my mom lost her shit and whatever. But, you know, that shit traumatizes you. 
but it, it's still a running theme as what I said when I was in the hospital that I still kind of had this not to be nerdy but like a force field that kind of got me through everything where I would if I had my little made up world my toys and my music and my stuffed animals and all that I had all these imaginary friends and all these things that just made my life better to some degree I wish I still had that because even though my skin is much tougher you know I'm so much aware of so many things now that I just wish I could just block all this crap out and you know it made me a super strong kid but I was weak at the same time you know and I remember just crying a lot and like I said I was so embarrassed to even like the idea of doing this doesn't affect me anymore. Like I'm happy. I'm proud of myself for doing this. But the idea of this is like on a whole other level because I wouldn't even speak up to get out of the, to go to the bathroom. Um, you know, and I had multiple teachers just tell me I wouldn't be anything, you know, make fun of me in class. Um, and I, I just. I really just wanted to try to fit in with people. And I did find some friends here and there, but I always felt like the only way for me to find real friends was to not be me. Um, now I remember like a lot of the kids, uh, you know, believe it or not, a lot of the kids that I did connect with um, were not white people. Were white kids, I should say. You know, I had a lot of friends that were black or hispanic or asian uh yeah i had some white friends here whatever but in general like a lot of the, like a lot of the black kids were like oh you you know i always had like some of the newer iversons or jordans at the time and that was kind of their thing like oh you know he's kind of cool or whatever and it made me feel something like oh maybe i am kind of cool i wasn't but i felt it a little bit um and you know, it gave me a small amount of confidence and I was okay at basketball. So it was like I had something um, the further I got into school. But when it comes to the beginning of school, it was completely a whole other world for me. And it ties in with the, the babysitting because that went so horribly wrong. And I just wanted to make some friends or... I don't even know if I wanted to make friends. I think I just wanted to not be there. And I didn't really have any teachers that really kind of meshed me into what I became or even have any faith in me until maybe I got to about fourth grade. Um, and I will also be talking about her eventually. But... You know, when you're young and, you know, adults are very, um, yeah, impressionable. Like, they, what they say is, like, gospel. They're adults. You know, your parents, my mom always taught me, like, listen to the adults. Even though that's not completely the, the greatest thing to do. Because a lot of adults are stupid. You know a bunch of them out there. <clears throat> and, uh... Yeah, I, I feel like when people put me down so much back then, you know, 
it had a bigger impact. Because like I said, I looked up to those people, even if I they didn't deserve it. And if there's anything I could say or think looking back, nothing else I could have done. I was a young, just dumb little boy that just wanted to be happy and enjoy his life. And then tragedy struck and stripped me of all that. And then I had to go out into the real world. I wasn't protected anymore about my mom and dad or whoever. Now I'm in school. Now I'm also in a major city. Now I'm also legally blind. And I still haven't come to terms with that. I still don't know what any of that is. And I can't take all my toys. I remember the first day of school, I had to get on the bus. And my mom gave me like a little pouch of Cheerios. And I didn't really know how to sit on the bus. My eyes were really bothering me. And I sat the wrong way on the bus. I kind of sat on the side of the, the chair. Instead of just going all the way into the aisle. And I remember my mom leaving. I just started tearing up. Because I just, I was so afraid. I didn't talk to anybody. And, you know... It's it sucks. Um, like I said, there's many times people just made fun of my eyes. Older kids, adults, whatever. And it made me feel like, you know, I don't, I'm not like anybody else. I'm, I'm you know, the whole outcast thing. But I'm, it was made to feel like I'm not good. I'm broken. And unfortunately, that's how a lot of people make you feel in the world anyway. See, I learned that as a kid, but it's not much different now that I do know better. You know, the one thing I want to try to get across with this podcast is I really want people to share their stories and I want to tell mine and all that, but I want I want people to understand what we go through. Because I think some people just think like, oh, because we come to work or because we go to school or we do whatever... And we put a smile on that it's always genuine. And that we don't have things bother us, even if we are in a good mood. We always have some cloud hanging over us. Because there's like there's a there's a given like depression is a given for all of us. Whether we're happy or not, we still have some form of depression. We always will feel like the outcast. We will always feel like I've said before, we are the bottom of the barrel. And I mean, as far as disabled people as a whole, not just, you know, the visually impaired and the blind. And we we try to push every day to try to fit in. We try to get some sort of love and acceptance from the world, from our families, from whoever. And yeah, we do get it sometimes. And those are the good people in our lives. But the world is just completely stupid to all of it. You know, there's no one fighting for our causes whatsoever. And unfortunately, there's some bad people in our groups, too, because I've seen people who are visually impaired make fun of blind people or some other dis- disability. And it's super sad, man. I, I, You see a lot of dark shit out here. And I'm one of these people when I, I, I tell people, whatever it is that gets you through life, do it. You know, don't stop letting these people dictate how you feel. You know, I'm I'm starting to lose my filter. 
Maybe it's going to get me to lose my job one day. It's going to get me to do something. But I got to fight for what I believe in. No, I'm not the toughest person in the world, even mentally. Not even emotionally. Like, maybe I'm in a good place this second. But, you know, I did just lose my cat. And, you know, I always feel ugly or I feel something that's not. I always want to beat myself up. You know, I'm sure like the reason why I'm just going to post this podcast when it's over is because I'll sit and just go, oh, I, I, I probably sucked. No one cares about that. Your, your voice is annoying. You're fucking an You're just an idiot. Like, why would anyone care about you, stupid? Yeah, 120 people listen, but it's never going to go more than that. No one cares. And so you have to push through all of it. Again, like I said, I'm going to get deep into depression. Oh, I'm going to go at that one. But it all comes back to where it starts in the beginning with me with my eyes. And like I said, there's a lot of us that have a journey and how we got to where we got to. And nothing has changed for the most part. Yes, I've become who I am, but the outlook on people with disabilities is never changed. We we get used we get shunned upon, we get pushed away, and we get, you know, we get made to be like we're freaks. Everybody wants to dictate how we are supposed to act. And what and they tell us what we can do. But in reality is you don't know. You got to give people a chance. And this goes for everything, you know, racially and and whatever. But you know, when it comes to us, we're not talked about in any way, shape, or form, unless some kind of story happens where, you know, somebody does something to somebody who has special needs or whatever. And unfortunately, none of us really stick together. I think we're all afraid to speak up. You know, I've talked to some of my friends, and they're all kind. Some of them are weary about even wanting to do this podcast. They're proud of me, and they wish they could do it, but they don't have the courage right now because. We're so used to just getting, you know, we're the dogs that have been abused. We've been getting hit with the newspaper every day for doing even the littlest thing that we don't know when we're even allowed to be ourselves or allowed to speak our minds. And we don't feel accepted by anyone. And when there are people who do accept us, sometimes it's very hard for us to allow them in. Um, you know, I'm, I'm aware I'm, I'm a very good person. But I don't know. If, I don't know how many people really know that. And I know it sounds kind of conceited or whatever, but I know I'm that. But I'm so damaged and so beaten down from my teachers and family and and friends and ex girlfriends and and so on that, like I said, I'm the abused dog. It's just been kicked in the ribs over and over, and all I want to do is someone just to be nice to me. You know, and again, I, I, I've found a lot of that over time and so I'm kind of dealing with the beginning. But when it comes to life, I don't know how many ignorant people, you know, will comment on something t- towards me. And it's like, no, no, that isn't right. And I'm trying not to be the angry guy that just wants to punch everyone in the face. But I'm also from Philly, and it's a hard city where you grow up. And um, 
but yeah, I don't want to make this too long. Um, maybe I didn't go into enough details, but there's a whole lot more when it comes to school. But um, again, I'm glad anyone will listen. And I'm not doing this podcast just for me. I promise you from the bottom of my heart, this is for anybody that's ever been picked on for anything. Um, anybody who's ever told you that you're, um, you know, you're not normal or whatever the hell that's supposed to mean. Um, and like I said, there's a lot of, I, I care about anybody who goes through any of these type of things. If I don't know you out there, I'm far from perfect, but damn it, I'm going to try my ass off to get as close as possible, even though I know I'll never make it to perfection. But that's okay. But we all got to stick together. Um, Anybody's going through anything, even someone who I know or someone who I don't know, you know, audience is growing little by little. Um, Anybody want to reach out, please do comment, you know. And I'd like to get this podcast as popular as I can get it. I don't really know where it could go. I'd love it to get bigger. Because I want, you know, I want to just put a light on something that doesn't have any light at all. No one gives a shit about us. So if we don't give a shit about each other, no one ever will. So I'm sure there's others out doing stuff like this. We all have our ways of expressing ourselves. But if we just sit around and let people dictate how we are and they tell they write our stories for us and they tell us how we need to be and how we need to act and conduct ourselves and no. It's time people you know, you see people fighting for their causes, you know, sometimes we need to just realize we need to fight for our own. I know we're all afraid. I know we all just wanna be loved. Um, but it's, we can't get that unless we come out of our little hole and pop our head out and just go, no, I'm going to go find it because it's not going to come to you, whatever it is that you're looking for. I mean, unless you're lucky, but, um, yeah, I said, I'm going to go into more details. Um, I will be honest. This was kind of rushed because, I was running out of time. My mom, you know, broke her too. So I'd like to, I really wanted to her to tell her side of the story of me in the hospital. And I promise that will happen as soon as she's feeling better. Um, but yeah, for anybody who's going to listen to this episode, thank you again. Love y'all guys. I really do. Even if I don't know you. Um, let's just keep putting this shit out and we'll see where it goes. Uh, again, thank you guys. And, um, See y'all next week. Bye.